Hello and a very warm welcome to the gardening podcast that's for everyone who enjoys growing their own flowers, fruits and vegetables. I'm Dan. And I'm Julia. And together we're Two Good Gardeners. We're an all-inclusive podcast, so whether your garden is big or small, north or south, sunny or shady, we are here to share our gardening know-how and great ideas that you can try at home. We upload a new episode every fortnight, packed with news, timely tips and the occasional interview with gardeners we admire. Think of this podcast as a bento box of delicious goodies to be consumed with gusto. And now we've whetted your appetite, let's crack on with episode 8 of series 2, sponsored by Alatex, home of the modern Victorian greenhouse, designed in the UK for over 70 years and built worldwide. Welcome back and Happy New Year everyone. We hope you haven't been washed or blown away and that you've managed to get out in your garden in 2024 despite the atrocious weather. I don't know about you but I'm developing webbed feet. This is the (laughs) final episode of series two and we're devoting it to looking back on 2023 and forwards to the year ahead. Yes, we have made it through to another year, Dan. The year of the dragon, I see. Well, let's hope it's an amphibious dragon, don't you? (laughs) We have had so much rain here. I'm itching to get sowing and planting too. I know none of that is right. It's too soon. But I do intend to change things up here for the better, from replacing my failed peach tree to perfecting my dahlia and chrysanthemum production, fingers crossed, And I want to practice what I preach about feeding more often and generally being on top of the whole garden, not just the veg patch. What about you, Dan? What does your crystal ball tell you about 2024? (laughs) Well, it's a little bit murky at the moment, or perhaps that's just condensation. I think a little (laughs) sunshine would make me feel a lot more confident of my plans for the year ahead. And lo and behold, I'm looking out of the window and there is sun. Hallelujah. (laughs) But one thing I am quite hopeful about is that we won't be subject to a hosepipe ban this summer. I had a little look at the internet yesterday and uh, it looks like most of the reservoirs around the UK are full again. So hopefully we will all be able to water if we should get a hot, dry summer. It seems like a very remote chance just now, doesn't it? But who (laughs) knows what the weather will throw at us. I'm a bit less confident that my dahlias are going to have survived in the ground this winter. We usually leave them in and we've done the same again this year, but it's just been so wet. Even with my very free draining soil, I'm not sure they're going to have liked it very much. But we have our eye on lots of new dahlias. This is what you do when it's wet and windy outside, isn't it? You cuddle up and uh, (laughs) look through seed catalogues and torture yourself with all the plants that are available that you haven't got. So I will be getting some new ones just in case we have had any casualties. I'm really going to take uh, 2024 as it comes and just try to have a bit more fun with it. I think if 2023 taught me anything, it was just to roll with the punches and give myself less of a hard time about keeping everything just so. I think as humans, we're just so good at taking on more and more and never letting anything go. And I am certainly guilty of that. I just hope I can bring myself to actually do it. 
Quite right, Dan. Well, I'll be checking on you to making sure that you do stick to that. <laughs> Holds me to account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the dahlias worry me too, because as you know, I've left mine in. So um, I felt I didn't have much of an option. So we'll see what happens. They'll either be sinking or swimming. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so first off, we thought we'd share our horticultural highlights of the last 12 months. So what made your list, Dan? Well, I thought this was going to be really difficult, but actually when I thought about it, it was a lot easier than I imagined. So my number one was this time last year, I was packing up and we were going to Cornwall for my 50th birthday celebrations. They were very modest. I say celebrations, but just a nice 50th birthday time away. And of course, the one thing about Cornwall is that they are just so much further ahead than the rest of the country. And also, they don't really have winters as the rest of us do. So you can happily go garden visiting in January and see some really spectacular plants in gardens. So we went to Treba, which I've now learned is the correct pronunciation, not Trebar, which is what I tend to call it. It is Treba. We went to Treba, we went to Trenguainton, we went to the lovely Morab Gardens, which are the public gardens in Penzance, which are absolutely jam-packed full of exciting plants. And there are so many flowers to be seen. So there are always camellias out around my birthday. And there's a lovely church in Gulville. I think it's Gulville. I probably said that wrong as well. Um, which has a churchyard packed with camellias. And they're always looking lovely in January. Because tree ferns are always spectacular down there. All in little sheltered spots. So they don't get battered like they do everywhere else. We saw mimosas, we saw michelias, which are now renamed magnolias, just in case anyone's going to correct me for that. And beautiful plants. One of my favourites is Drimmy's Winter Eye, which, which is also known as Winter's Bark, I think, because in Chile it grows as a tree and they discovered that the bark is a very rich source of vitamin C and so the bark used to be used by sailors to keep vitamin C levels up. I don't know what they did with it, chewed it or something. Um, <laughs> Leptospermum, which is a lovely plant which flowers in the winter. Things like Hardenbergia, which most of us would have to grow in a greenhouse. We saw merrily scrambling over somebody's garden fence. You know, it is a treasure trove of plants at any time of year, but I think quite remarkable in January. So that was a real highlight. I love going down there and just letting the wind blow through my brain and uh, get the cobwebs away before the year begins. Of course, I then got to go to lots of other splendiferous gardens in my course of events for Dan Cooper Garden. I don't always get to look at them in great detail, so I tend to whiz round first thing and then a little bit at the end. But I really did go to some spectacular places. Arundel Castle sticks in the mind. We were there when their Tulip Festival was on, and I would really recommend anybody to go and see that. It is quite jaw-dropping how many tulips they have planted, both formally mm -hmm. and informally. The American Museum in Bath, which is the uh, city of my birth, which um, is a most spectacular Georgian mansion overlooking a valley. And I did a plant fair there and really you stood there and thought, could there be anywhere 
more special in the world because it just has the most incredible outlook and beautiful gardens and a really fantastic place to visit if you are going to Bath, which of course many people do. Saltwood Castle, one of my favourite gardens, not the height of horticulture, but very, very romantic. I went to Sulthrop as well, which is Sophie Conran's house, and that really has very magical romantic gardens. So anyone who loves that sort of roses and alliums kind of look will really enjoy that, and I shall be back there again this year. I was at Gilbert White's house down near Petersfield, and that, of course, is the home of a famous naturalist. And again, the meadows there were something to behold, really, really inspiring, I think, in terms of how beautiful a natural natural meadow can be. You know, I can go on. Hever Castle was beautiful, Board Hill, which I went to twice and saw you there once when the azaleas were out. You know, I've I've seen the lot really this year and um it's it's just great to get to so many gardens that I might not otherwise have had time to go and see. So that was that was my second highlight of the year. May brought more excitement. Of course, the Chelsea Flower Show is exciting enough, but my friend Helen comes over from Melbourne in Australia every other year to go to the Chelsea Flower Show with me. And we always have an absolute hoot. They do have flower shows in Australia, but I don't think they're quite on a par with the Chelsea Flower Show. So it's a real pilgrimage for my friend Helen, and we have a lot more fun than we would if we went on our own. So we went to Chelsea, and then for the rest of the week, we went around Kent visiting gardens. So we went to Sissinghurst, which I think I raved about at the time, but I think it was one of the best times I've ever been to Sissinghurst. The Rose Garden was gorgeous and the Cottage Garden was eye-poppingly colourful with all the oranges and yellows and reds in there. We also went to Doddington Place which is another garden but not quite as well known but really very beautiful and imaginative. Lots and lots of different styles of gardening there. You've got formal gardens, you've got a rockery, you've got a sort of dell, you've got open woodland spaces. It's a great garden to go and see if you want to see lots of different stars. And the first time I've been when their woodland garden has been in full bloom and it was quite uh, a spectacle. So unusual in Kent to have, or that part of Kent, to have acid soil, but there's a little bit of acid soil there and a really amazing collection of rhododendrons. So I love that because I love rhododendrons. Mm. We had our garden opening uh, last year, which is really the first time it's been back to normal since COVID. And that was just lovely because so many people come year after year, despite the fact that it's a really tiny garden. So it was really nice to see people come back for that and to just reacquaint themselves with the garden and just have a little chat and I look at the garden today I'm looking out the window and just thinking gosh could it ever look as nice as it did then again but of course that is the circle of gardening you know we all look at our wet dreary waterlogged flooded gardens right now and think will it ever be beautiful again well of course it will so we just have to remind ourselves of what it will be like in three, even four months' time, just bursting with uh, life again. And then my last highlight of the year is Christmas, which was really lovely and chilled. I'm not sure it's a horticultural highlight, but I did get 
a very nice book about Cornish gardens, The Secret Gardens of Cornwall, which has some gardens in it that I know really well, that I've known since I was a child, and some gardens that I've never visited. So very inspiring from that point of view. And I also got some seeds from my beloved from She Grows Veg, who have just launched their own brand of seeds. And they're all really interesting ones, including a sort of rose-coloured chicory, I think I've even got in there, a sort of pink chicory, the almost the colour of what you're wearing today, Julia. Nobody can see yeah. that part from <laughs> me. But um, yeah, so I got a few gardening goodies, not too many, Um but it sort of brought me full circle having that book about Cornish Gardens right back to the beginning of last year. And I hope we shall go back to Cornwall again. Well, I think that's a good excuse. <laughs> I think it's a good excuse to go, isn't it? And visit the ones that I've missed. Yes. So yeah. how about you, Julia? What are the highlights of your year? Oh, gosh, I had quite a few. In fact, looking back, I realised that the year was nearly full of great highlights, which was much needed. I just want to quickly go back to you saying you saw mimosa growing in Cornwall, because that is one of my favourite, favourite flowering plants. And it's very expensive to buy as a cut branch here. So I'm just wondering whether I could try and Mm. grow some in my little corner of Sussex. Well, there's definitely no harm in trying. I mean, I have seen it growing in many places and it, it flowers alarmingly early. On my commute to London years ago, I used to go through the sort of southern suburbs of London and always passed this most incredible mimosa tree in a very unpromising um, spot and it was always flowering in January. I think probably the key with mimosa is to plant it in the most sheltered spot you possibly can and maybe for you even near a wall or something like that but they're one of those plants mm. that sticks its fingers up at the weather because they they are primed of course to flower now in Cornwall and probably in a few weeks time in the rest of the country but they yeah. you know they look at their best now so I'd I'd give it a go Okay, well, I'm going to put that onto my list then. Thank you. Well, so good to hear that your champagne wasn't the only chilled thing at Christmas and that you actually were chilled (laughs) with John as well. So that's really nice. So my highlight. So obviously, I thought it was a good year, but the first and foremost one has to be the Chelsea Flower Show. I mean, I've probably banged on far too much about it, but obviously from planning the concept to the build and then the accolade of winning five stars and then the best bit, best trade stand from the RHS was just amazing. It was Mm. such a huge adrenaline rush all week. It was brilliant. So that was my first thing. Then the second one was something that I do with you, Dan, which was being shortlisted for best podcast of the year by the Garden Media Guild which was great and going to the lunch was nice but it would have been better to have had you but just the fact that we got shortlisted and I guess recognised was a big highlight Um, and then our great Dixter interview Fergus Garrett was one of my highs just to be able to go and chat to a great plantsman great innovator in a beautiful place and for him to give us some time felt that was a a huge highlight Mm. then a random one number four (laughs) was me coming second in the neighborhood onion competition (laughs) I thought I totally lost and I know I organized it and arranged it but I I never really thought I would have a chance this year so I definitely think coming second is one of my highlights of the year how on earth my onions made a second place I have no idea but they did and no bribery was involved 
And then my last highlight was actually being asked to appear on the radio. So the radio show that I've been involved with before, BBC Radio Sussex, is sadly no more. And the BBC have merged lots of different regional stations. And so it's now Sussex, Kent and Surrey. And there's a new Sunday show with a presenter called Pat Marsh. And he very kindly invited me onto the morning show where people can email and dial in with their questions and I made my debut appearance um, on the 18th of December, which I was very nervous about, but actually I loved it. And there were all sorts of callers and all sorts of questions, but it's actually really good fun thinking on your feet. And I think I probably knew a bit more than I thought I did. So that was a, a huge highlight. <laughs> What's your most memorable question you got asked on the radio? Can you recall? Yeah, I think it was the first one. <laughs> It's a lady who rang in who said that somebody had been scaling her wall and had put weed killer all over her veg beds and she then didn't really ask a question so I sort of ascertained that she wanted to know whether she could grow her veg in the beds that had weed killer but she then said that she had no idea who was scaling the wall that there was this perpetrator and it was all a bit bonkers but <laughs> that was my most memorable somehow oh. we muddled through <laughs> The joys of local radio. Yes, I would have to agree with you about, about, well, about all of them, obviously, but Great Dixter was a great day out, wasn't it? The weather was absolutely glorious, which I think we did luck out a lot last year with glorious weather, but it was a really, really beautiful day. And we had some lovely moments, didn't we? Even when we were sort of planning what we were going to do and we were sat in one of those very low overhanging barns looking out at this tv screen of uh, greenery in the what used to be the rose garden now the jungle garden and all those little cameos just stick in the mind i also remember that there was an awful lot of wasps uh, yes <laughs> there were there we were a lot of tea. wasps there were a lot of wasps <laughs> they were they were very happy about everybody's cream teas weren't they but um <laughs> Yes, just showing really what a a haven for wildlife Great Dixter is. But yes, that was a a very special day and always nice to spend time with you. So um, yes, we'll have to decide where our annual outing is going to be um, this summer, won't we? Pick another garden. And and yes, I have also been invited on the, the radio show that you have been on. So I'm going to be on on the 21st of January and this podcast will be out before then so do tune in what time is it Julia it's like 10 ish isn't it or is 10 30 so yes I will be on that radio show and let's see if I get any brain teasers <laughs> and maybe we can even persuade Pat Marsh to have us both on together one day that would be fun wouldn't it oh that really would be I'd love that so let's let's see how we get on Dan so now we're going to move on to our new year resolutions Now, that's a trickier one, isn't it, than our highlights? Obviously, you've got New Year resolutions, but can you stick to them? And what are they? Do share. (laughs) Well, we were chatting before we recorded this, weren't we? And I'm trying to go a little bit easier on myself and ease myself into January in a little bit more of a relaxed way than usual. But, of course, you can't help but set New Year's resolutions can you and just you know start at this point thinking okay how's life going to be different for the year ahead 
I have already alluded to one of mine, which is that I want to enjoy my garden and allotment more and have a bit more fun with it. I think I mentioned in the last episode that I was hankering after a scarecrow. Um, but I, th- <laughs> yes. I think the problem with uh, with maybe opening your garden and sort of being known for gardening is that you then put even more pressure on yourself to live up to people's expectations and I'm really bad at that so I worry a lot about what people think of things and how things look and I think perhaps I need to do a little bit less of that and of course I take gardening quite seriously it's what I studied and it's what I love doing so I'm going to really try to just relax about it a bit this year and we're not going to open our garden this year which I know many people will be disappointed Mm. about but we need to do some work on the outside of the house and to the fabric of the garden and that's really hard to do in a small space in particular when you know that it's got to be looking great for a certain point of the year so we're going to just give ourselves that little bit of freedom to do what we like I think some of the trees might need a bit of tree surgery definitely need to do some painting so that will just let us do all of that without having to worry too much but I think you know you said you were going to hold me to account a bit that's probably one where you're going to have to check up on me every so often because I shall probably start layering on the things that I have to do pretty quickly once the weather turns around and I got a very vague and long way off desire to replace my greenhouse so we inherited a very old greenhouse that was already quite decrepit it's it's even more decrepit now and I think if I can afford it at some point I am going to try and replace it not least because it was an inexpensive greenhouse and it's quite low so I struggle to stand up in it anywhere apart from in the central path so I would quite like one that was a little bit higher so that um, I could actually work in there uh, without sort of stooping all the time. So that, that that was number one. Less pressure on myself. Um, and I suppose number two is is related to what I've just said, which is I need to make time to do some of the less glamorous stuff. Of course, we're all drawn to doing the fun and pretty stuff, sowing seeds, planting things out, taking pictures of all the lovely things that we grow. But I do need to do some of the nitty gritty and I'm not as drawn to DIY as I am to gardening, but I'm going to have to Mm. knuckle down and and fix a few things up. Mm. (laughs) So nobody will be wanting to look too closely at how I do that, but uh, that's also (laughs) on the list. And then, although I said how many gardens I visited last year, I really want to visit more gardens because I think we get so much inspiration as gardeners from gardens and not just visiting them once visiting them several times and I find visiting gardens in winter quite enlightening those that are open because you get to see the structure and you get to see plants that would be hidden or overlooked at other times of the year I always tend to go to Sissinghurst in Chelsea week and therefore you know I see a few variations depending on the weather but it's good to go to these gardens out of season at different times of year. There are a few new gardens popping up on the old plant fair programme. So there's one called Ramster, which is, I think, Surrey, which I'm looking forward to seeing. And also Plant Fairs Roadshow is going to Leonardsley as well, which um, 
I would really like to have seen, but I'm not doing that one, which is annoying. But I am going to Bennington Lordship, which is another new garden to me anyway, which is up near Stevenage, famed for its snowdrops, but we will be there in the summer. So yes, more gardens and hopefully returning to Cornwall um, in the spring to see camellias and magnolias and all the beautiful things down there as well. But I, I get a lot of energy and ideas from visiting other gardens and seeing what other people do yeah. that's different and of course very excited about adding lots of new products to dan cooper garden i'm having a good old clear out at the moment and then all around me here where i'm recording are boxes of new products and samples and things like that all ready to launch for the spring so that's exciting too Yes, I can see boxes behind you. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm also stock taking, which is the least glamorous job in the world. You know, when I worked at John Lewis and stopped working in the store, I thought, oh, good, I'll never have to do that again. And <laughs> I woke up on the <laughs> 2nd of January and realised that I did have to do it again. But I, I don't know how best to describe it, cathartic or something, but it's just something you have to do. So working my way through it. Now, you have no doubt got some exciting plans for the year ahead. Do share them with us. Well, I have, but actually the first two are not too dissimilar from yours, strangely. Maybe that's why we're friends, we like the same things. Um, But the first one is to basically stop pontificating. I mean, I'm very good at saying what I'm going to do, and then I don't really do it, or I half do it, or I'll do it by the end of the year. So stop pontificating and action. So the first thing is I've already started something, so that's great. Start as you mean to go on, because I've had some rodent problems in the greenhouse, eating all my Mm. sweet peas. If anyone's seen my Instagram stories, I've been all over with it. So normally I would talk about it for a few days, think the mice won't come back, but I have actioned and the mice have been eradicated so far and the sweet peas are okay. Some I have moved as well because I thought I can't take any risks. And then the other thing of my action is that I spoke all last year about getting a new water butt, an old whiskey barrel. Did I do anything about it? No. So I have decided that is this week's job to order one, get another water butt in. Particularly with all this rain that I could be collecting, I feel I could see the rain coming and I'm wasting rainwater. And then the third thing of my stop pontificating is to work out where I'm going to put another greenhouse. So that's quite big, but I've decided that I am going to get one. I'm not going to replace what I have because... As you know, I love reusing, recycling, and I love sustainability. So the old greenhouse is going to stay, but I need to plan where a new one is going to be. So that's my first year's resolution. I think that's quite exciting. It is, isn't it? Obviously, I will be looking at Alatex. There's nowhere else that I would look. (laughs) So that's the first thing. Then the second one is to, like you, visit as many gardens. But I'm going to stick with just the gardens in Sussex because I feel I should know most of them. And yes, it's good to go to visit them at the different seasons. So spring, summer and autumn would be good. I'm not sure I'll achieve three visits for each garden, but I'm going to go with a friend and we're going to try and do one a month. So that's quite exciting. And I think we've got to wait till March. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, it's good to have a plan, isn't it? Good resolution, because that is, what do they call it? Smart, isn't it? You know, it's a measurable thing. So you can actually go and say, did we visit one garden every month? Yes or no. But well done. That sounds like a really good way of doing it. And perhaps saying you're going to do it with a friend as well will make it more likely to happen because you will have... It will. You know, someone else will be going, no, come on, Julia, we're going to go. You know, where are we going to go? Yes. Is there a Secret Gardens of Sussex book? Oh, I don't know. I've no idea. Because the other counties have got one, haven't they? I've got the Cornwall one, I've got the Cotswolds one. I've got quite a few, but it'd be interesting to know, wouldn't it? Because it might give you some... I mean, you are so lucky where you live anyway. You're surrounded by notable and and less well-known gardens, aren't you? So um, you won't have to venture far. One you mentioned that you're not going to is Leonardsley. I've never been to Leonardsley, mm. and I, I know I must. Yes. Anyway, so that's that's New Year's resolution number two. And the third and final one is a funny one, obviously. <laughs> it's to grow a proper-sized loofah. <laughs> you know I like to grow unusual things, and I have grown yes. a loofah before, but it just wasn't massive. So I've already started, and I'm way ahead of the game. I'm far too soon, but I popped three seeds in a jam jar yesterday with a sponge, a wet sponge, and I've stuck it at the back of the yaga, and I'm determined that if these don't germinate next month, I will do the same thing, and I'm just going to nail a decent-sized loofah. <laughs> Well, you know, spread your bets. That's a good way to do it, isn't it? If those ones germinate now, you've got a long old time before you can get them into the greenhouse, haven't you, really? But I suppose it's worth... I think it's worth if doing. Got them coming in succession. Yeah, and they are a slow, slow burn. They make parsnips look like fast-growing food. So... <laughs> I... <laughs> So that's it. Those are my three resolutions. It's going to be a 2024, never mind the year of the amphibious dragon, it's the year of the loofah. Yeah, maybe you can um, get it going in front of your patio doors because it's quite nice and bright there, isn't it, where you had your ginger before. Yes, it is, yes. That could could quite work. Um, And then move it into the greenhouse and it's a bit more established. I mean, we did try um, the baby watermelons outside last year. And they were indeed baby. They were sort of the size of a cannonball. (laughs) But they tasted exactly like a watermelon. So they they weren't, obviously, the giant things that you see in the supermarket. But I was slightly sceptical about whether they would not have the sort of sweetness or the juiciness and obviously there was a lot more skin to flesh ratio when you've got a very small watermelon but I reckon that would be worth you trying in your greenhouse too because I think they would do even better and they've got such pretty leaves so they've got a a sort of almost fig-like leaf compared to your normal ones so maybe that's one plant we could have a sort of you could grow some I could grow some and we'll see who does best with them so I'm setting you that's a good idea no you are setting me another resolution we just said we were going to chill about our gardens and now I'm making it more complicated (laughs) again but there we are we could but good luck with your loofah thank you well I grew a cantaloupe melon in the greenhouse last year and like you they were small they're probably a bit bigger than a cannonball but similar and they were super juicy and they tasted better than the ones that you that you buy Mm. so it is possible Mm. so let's go for the watermelon let's do it Let's do the watermelon. We have witnesses now. You're on. You're on. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, dear. Right. So before we go, we'd like to share what we'll be up to between now and the next episode. 
Dan, now the manic Christmas fair season is over and done, please tell me that you are having a few weekends off and perhaps catching up on allotment jobs if it stops raining. Well, yes. I mean, we haven't seen our allotment for some time. And although we don't get waterlogged here, it hasn't been the sort of weather you'd want to venture outside, really. But I am praying for a dry weekends when we can go up there and really just get it sorted because mm. it's out of sight but definitely not out of mind so that is something we really really need to do i have got weekends off my first um event is chiswick flower market which is the first sunday of february i think it's the fourth so until then, I am not doing much of the weekends, apart from celebrating my birthday again. A funny month, January. I think December and January are probably the the quietest months in the gardening calendar, and also the least motivating months, aren't they? I think as soon as you get towards the end of January, you can see bulbs coming up, you can see buds forming on things, and you get a real sense even though there could be some quite horrible weather ahead that it's only a matter of time before spring arrives so yes I will be chilling in January hopefully not literally how about you (laughs) (laughs) well I'm straight into workshop mode so unlike you the first one of the year is actually this week it's a children's workshop I work with a local business how to basically and they teach useful practical skills one of which is obviously gardening so so I'm really looking forward to that, getting back into it. And then I need to plan my spring workshops, which I haven't actually put on the website yet, but I will be doing that. And I've got some talks that I've been asked to do as well. So it's all quite busy on the patch in January. So that's quite good because I am itching to get outside, as I said earlier. <laughs> that's a great sign, isn't it? It's good. And it, it's, it is nice to have things to do in January. I haven't got nothing to do, but... Um, it's yeah. nice to have the pressure off. And so how will people know about your courses, Julia? Will they look on your website when yes. you've launched them? Yes. Yeah, so on my website, I'll be putting them up by probably by the weekend, by the time this podcast is out. And um, and also I advertise on social media. So they'll yes. be there, hopefully. Remind us of your website address again. So it's www.parkers-patch.com. There and we are. So everybody on there. Get on there within a in a week or two and see what Julia is going to be up to because you will learn a lot from the pro here. So, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe how Great to grow fun. melons too. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, all that remains is for me to wish you all a very happy and healthy twenty twenty four. And exactly the same for me. Happy New Year and hope you have a great growing season. You've been listening to the Two Good Gardeners podcast with Dan Cooper and Julia Parker. Sponsored by Alatex, home of the modern Victorian greenhouse, designed in the UK for over 70 years and built worldwide. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then why not click follow on your favourite podcast platform so that you don't miss out. Leaving a rating or writing a review will help us reach other gardening enthusiasts like you. We'll return here with a freshly prepared smorgasbord of delights when Series 3 begins in the spring. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Garden at parkers underscore patch and at twogoodgardeners or visit our websites. You'll find the addresses in the show notes. Until the next time, happy gardening!